we're live. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to another episode of Deal Talk. I'm Deal. Let's talk. I would like to present to you my guest of the day, and she is the amazing Elena Zenger. Welcome to the show, Elena. What's up? Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to have you. So I've been uh, doing a little research on you. Uh, I, I saw you uh, in uh, Gabe's Rivera's, uh episodic weekly episodic channel on Facebook and I was so intrigued for two things and that those were the the homeschooling you're you're kind of guru on that and the second one is uh the ball dancing I've me personally I've never uh encountered that or or never knew that existed until I I saw that episode and I am totally interested I I want to know detail i how's the competition you know where did you start you know so let's start um how did you when it came to homeschooling how how what was your beginnings in that how did you come upon that right so um i have been homeschooled my entire life so from the moment that i started school in kindergarten or whenever my mom started me to graduating from high school as a homeschooler just all my years of, of school, I have been homeschooled. Um, and my mom has done it with me and my five other siblings. Um, and when she started, she felt that she needed to just keep my older sister. So she was going to sign my older sister up for public school. And she just remembers feeling very, very strongly that it wasn't the right answer for her family. She didn't know why she didn't, she didn't know about other options. She just remembers walking through the halls of the public school and being like, I can't send my daughter here. Um, and so that kind of led her on this journey to find uh, a different path. And she came across homeschooling and she was like, okay, I have no idea how to do this. I don't know anything about it. It seems that there's a lot to learn about it, but I'm going to do it. So she called up her sister, my aunt, and she was like, do you want to do it with me? And let's just jump into this and let's get started. And that's kind of how she got started on that homeschooling journey. And and she figured out that it was what she wanted for her family. And so that is what allowed me to start in homeschooling. Um, and it wasn't about until my junior year of high school. So 16, 17, around that age, where homeschooling really started to come to the forefront of my mind. Because at first, it was just something that I've always done, right? It was something that I've always done, something that's always been a part of my life, something that I didn't really think twice about. Um, but when I was 16 or 17, my ballroom coach approached me and was like, Hey, my daughter, she's struggling in math. Uh, she's always behind. She doesn't feel comfortable to ask questions. The class moves too fast for her. I know that you homeschool, would you be willing to teach her math full time if we pulled her, um, out of math in the public school? And at first I was like, wait, you want me like a 16 year old girl to teach and take on the, the full responsibility of someone's math education uh, full time. Like you want me to do that? Like, I, I was like, I just, I don't even know where to wow. start. There was so much doubt, so much uncertainty. Like I had even grown up in it and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, but luckily I said yes. And that kind of started me on this journey of helping families uh, go from public school to homeschool. And eventually she ended up transferring completely from public school to homeschool. Um, and I've seen just a massive change in her willingness to learn and also just her confidence in herself. And so that kind of sparked a fire under me and it allowed me to reflect on my homeschooling journey and see kind of what I had gone through and how it had shaped me and changed me for the better and how it had helped me become who I am today. And I saw that journey and I was like, I bet you there's so many parents out there that are looking for other options because the school system is broken and it's, it hasn't been upgraded and they're looking for other options. And I'm like, I know this world. I've been in this world. I have grown up in the world, but I have helped other families move through this world and find and, and navigate the uncertainties of homeschooling. And so it was kind of 
that that sparked my fire along with me wanting to be my own boss and be an entrepreneur yes, and looking yes. uh, for things to create my own business around. And I was like, this is a huge need for people. And then with COVID, it's like, this is even more of a need for people because of the situation of the world yes, right now. Yes, yes. Um, and so that's kind of how I got started with it. Well, big kudos to your mom. Much love and respect because he was very a pioneer and a, a and a pillar in your upbringing man that that is not easy uh oh, because no. it wasn't just you you had more siblings right yeah so five other siblings so there's wow. six of us that she was working with so mad love and respect to her um my oh, yeah. my my son he's four years old right um he's been diagnosed with high sensory and uh we've been uh, doing our research and waiting for evaluation on this possible borderline autistic. Right. So when we, when we have gone to these, uh, I guess the doctor's appointment, they keep telling us to take them to public school. Mm-hmm. But me and my wife have this thing that we don't trust public school. Like, as you stated, you know, I, I'll join you in that statement that we feel like it's broken. Right. So uh, I want to say a year ago, we were, we were like, basically, okay, we our son needs help. And obviously we, we don't have the tools to help him. And we have to put him in, in the situation where he can win. Mm-hmm. So we was like, we were, we were thinking like, all right, so let's just start doing our homework. Let's just bite the bullet and try to put him in a, in, in a public school that can help him. Right. Well, as we did um, our research a week later, we found out up the block, there was a massive shooting. Oh man! Um, and the uh, the people who did the shooting ran into a school, oh, and they God. locked the school down to like nine o'clock, and no parents had no information regarding the children. Yeah. So me and my wife looked at each other, you know, because that day she was, you know, she does real estate, so she was getting she highly invested in her community. Uh, when she came back, I was I, I started my own t-shirt printing business. I, I was right. going to start uh, putting out flyers. And then that happened. Yeah. And that, that just gave us the reassuring that, all right, so we have to take the next step. And, and that's when homeschooling, whether it's we do it ourselves or find somebody that we can actually trust and invest our time in and helping our, our, our child. And I summoned upon that video of yeah. you and Gabe and I'm invested. I need I need more information. Right. Um, yeah. Now, the transition of your mom, how, how, how was it for like, how was it that she finally got it and, and the right steps to like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to start right. with math or that, that whole setup, the daily setup. How, how was that experience? Right. So I think a lot of uh, homeschool parents or people looking into homeschool, they have this idea that when they commit to something, or a curriculum, homeschool in general, that they have to stick with that thing for the rest of their homeschool, or they have to know right away that they're going to homeschool for the the kids' whole education, right? Um, My mom didn't know any of that. She didn't go into homeschooling thinking, okay, I'm going to homeschool my kids all the way through high school. This is what we're going to do. This is the curriculums that we're going to use, and that's what we're going to stick with the entire time that we homeschool. That that never was the case with her. And I don't think it should be the case with homeschool parents because that is so overwhelming. And there's a whole lot of pressure that you put on yourself to find the right thing and to find the right schedule or curriculum or path or things like that. Um, honestly, what she did was she reevaluated what her kids needed and what we needed um, every single year. And it was, all right, let's take when they were just, they were so young, right? And the amazing thing about homeschool is you have this opportunity to kind of back off a little bit and to allow them to be kids more and allow them to explore and to play and to touch on things and to explore subjects, but you don't have to spend six hours a day doing it. Uh, You don't have to make your homeschool like the public school. And my mom always says, Homeschool is not public school in the home. So that's not what you should go in expecting to create, 
right? You shouldn't expect them to be doing school for six hours a day. You shouldn't expect them to sit at a desk six hours a day uh, doing all of the subjects that they're supposed to do because homeschool is different than that. And it's a lot more flexible. It's a lot more adjustable to what your kids needs. And that's what I love the most about it is that you have as the parent, the opportunity to individualize and create such an individualized education for your child. And you get to add in the things that you want to teach them that you wish that you had learned or that you see people struggle with that you would uh, want to learn. Something that I learned in my homeschooling was um, my mom and my dance coach actually put a lot of emphasis on emotions and learning about our emotions and embracing our emotions. And that was something that we talked a lot about and learned a lot about. And that's not a traditional subject in school, but her and my coach talking about that and teaching me about that has helped me so, so much in my life with just all of the emotions that come from growing up and learning. And kids need that more than ever today. Just if you look at the suicide rate or just depression and and all these kids struggling, right? It's because they've never learned how to do their emotions, to embrace their emotions and understand that the positive emotions are good, but the darker emotions are also good. And we feel them too. And they need to have room in your life, right? And then once you leave room for them, you can now move on from them, right? Um, And so homeschool allows you with that, that opportunity to bring in aspects of education that the public school doesn't consider academic. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. Uh, I, the, you know, one of the fundamental of, you know, being a child is trying to deal with your emotion and understanding where they're coming from so that when you're grown and be, and become an adult, you know how to control it better or, you know, know how to react and act in certain situations. And I think you're absolutely correct when you say school doesn't teach you that. You know, school doesn't teach you, you know, when it comes to our financial and how to save and how to, you know, put money away and and invest and all that, which is something I also think that school should teach, you know, they're teaching math and how to do the equation, but I think it will be a little bit more motivating if we knew what to do with this, you know, right. Uh, I also think, uh, at least in my experience, uh, when it comes to history, one of the things we need to emphasize in our school systems is it's laws and regulations so so that children can grow up understanding the laws and know what to do and what not to do. You know, one of our yeah. one of our biggest problems in society right now is that a lot of our our, our the teenagers and, and, and younger uh, tend to do thing commit crimes that they don't do not know their crimes. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they tend to fall in this situation that they they automatically fall guilty of. And yeah. I think it's unfair that they don't know that, you know, yeah. they, they they have no system, you know, because as a parent, we're, we're, you know, the stress of being a provider, having a household, putting mm-hmm. flu, uh, food and, and clothes on, on their children's back and just being mm-hmm. everything to them that we don't have time to to teach them these important things in life that we need to know mm-hmm. and hey i think we need more of that you know oh yeah for sure yeah history is a lot of let's go over the timeline let's go yes. over the dates yeah. and yeah okay dates are important to some extent but they're not everything it's about learning about the people and and what they did so then we can be better and yes. um yeah just Homeschool allows you that opportunity because homeschool is a lot more flexible uh, where you live, but uh, homeschool is a lot more flexible with what you get to teach your kids. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Now, if I was like, like myself, how would I go about, um, what would you recommend to, to obtain some type of information? So any parent that's listening and would like to start homeschooling, uh, homeschooling their, their children. Yeah. So first, I think it's very important as a homeschool parent to or looking into homeschooling um, is to figure out if homeschool is the right option for you. And the way that I tell parents to do this is they need to look at their time and where their time is being spent. 
um, because parents who both the mom and the dad are just, it's a single working mom and they are working full time and they are gone a lot of the day. Uh, that's probably not the best option to homeschool because when you look at what homeschool is, you do need to be home with your kids. You do need to dedicate time and preferably not just dedicate time in the evening when you get back from work or in the late afternoons, right? Because those are when your kids are starting to, they want to play with their friends or their energy is not as high. Usually in the morning time, they have more energy because they just woke up and they're more focused. And so that's where more productive learning or um, when you're trying to tackle harder subjects can happen. Um, and if the parent is not home during that time, right? Trying to cram it all at night is going to be very difficult. So I tell parents before you start homeschooling, you need to realistically look at where your time is going and see if you can give that time in the morning, right? Three to four hours in the morning that you can dedicate to your child, to their education. Um, because one of the most important things about homeschooling is consistency and showing up every single day, right? You may not get everything that you wanted to get done that day. You may not do five math skills in the day, right? But showing up and at least doing math every single day or doing writing every single day, reading every single day, those and actually just doing them is going to pay off more in the long term than just trying to get a whole bunch of lessons done. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a big thing is evaluate your time and be really, really honest with yourself and go, yeah, I think that I can give this time, not just, well, I want to give this time, right? You have to look at what you're doing now and see if homeschooling can fit with you there. Um, and if you don't have the time, but you still want to homeschool, you can always find people that if, like you were saying at the beginning that you trust that you want to bring them in that can teach your kid, right? But you work directly with that person and you figure out what you want them to be teaching and how you want them to interact with your kid. And so if you still want to be homeschooling, but you know, you don't have the time, you can always look into the option of getting a teacher. And that's what I've been doing with um, this family that I've been working with. The mom knows that she just doesn't want to teach math. She doesn't have uh, the capacity. She doesn't want to relearn math. And so she's like, I know that you're good at it. And so please come for two hours every day and teach my kids math. And I'm like, that's great. I, I can totally do that. And so you can find options like that. Um, another thing when you're starting is looking at your kid's age and figuring out, okay, what is most important for me to teach them right now? And um, the younger they are, the less academic stuff you need to do. <laughs> mm. I always say stick with the three things, right? Math, uh, reading and writing math. You really only need to start math once they kind of get older, right? Seven, seven, right? That first grade, that's when you can start introducing a little bit math concepts, right? But, um, reading, you can be doing reading all the time and you don't need a curriculum. You can, sit down and read with them to them. That makes a big difference, right? You can have them read with you, right? And all you need is a book. So you don't need any curriculum on teaching them on how to read, right? You can just start reading with them. And that works really well for younger kids. Um, writing, you can have them write about things that they are observing in their daily life, right? If they watched a movie, have them write about that movie. Um, one thing that my mom always did is she would have us draw a picture and then ex write about the picture. So we had that artistic kind of creative moment as kids, and then we were able to write about it. Um, and so the, the younger they are, the less important curriculum is because you have all the resources in your home. Um, and so that's what I would suggest is first evaluate if homeschooling is even an option for you based off of what time you can give. Um, and then start to look at, okay, where is my kid on the, like, what's their age and where are they learning on the spectrum? If they're older, okay, let, let, let's look at that and figure out where we can start with that. Um, if they're younger, let's figure out where we can start with that, right? Because it's going to be different depending on what age they are. Uh, 
me, my wife and I right now, because uh, our son is four, he, he's still not speaking. So mm-hmm. right now we're educating ourselves to, you know, videos, consultations, and how can we help our, 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 our child speak? And he's four years old. So right now, that's what me and her are focused on. And mm-hmm. it's like, I, I'm teaching him, but he's the one teaching me. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I've never been a, a big uh, a, a individual that is able to communicate my feelings or my concerns or just able to talk. Yeah. And having this journey that, you know, it's like a blessing in disguise. I'm able to better speak, better communicate, you know, and I'm just, uh, I'm grateful. Yeah. I'm so grateful, thing. you know, yeah, that's so. a huge thing because in homeschooling, uh, you as the parent, you set such a huge example. And so it's important for you to be exploring and learning. And, um, the thing that I tell parents is your kids are a part of your life, but they're not your life. And so it's important that you still, you show up to the day you learn, you explore, um, because they're going to see that directly and they're going to watch you and they're going to take that in and they're going to start to follow your example. Um, and one of the things that you said is that you get to learn from him and he practically teaches you. Yes. Um, and that I think is one of the most valuable things about homeschooling. And from all of the homeschool moms that I've talked to and from me growing up with my family um, is the relationships and the connections that you get to build with your family. Um, one of the biggest reasons that my mom didn't want to send us to public school, she didn't want to have us be away from her for that long for six hours a day because they would, she would be rushing through the morning. She would send us off to public school. We would get back in the a late afternoon. We would want to go play and then we'd come back. She would have to get us ready for bed and then we'd go to sleep. And so she looked at that and there's no go, relationship. There's no, yeah, relationship. she was like, I would not be able to see you. I, I would see you, but like, we would not be able to actually spend any time growing or learning together or experiencing the word world together. Um, because by the time you get back from school, right, you're going to be tired. Your, your energy is going to be low. You're going to want to play. You're not going to really want to connect with me. You want to go out and be with other yes. people. Yes. Um, and she saw that and she was like, I only have 18 years with my kids there is a time limit to how long you get to spend with your kids. And that, and most, that most, of the, most of the time is just helping them, um, helping them build themselves up. So when they go out to the, to the real world, so you're oh, not, you, yeah. you're, you're, you're focusing on building uh, social skills, reputation skills, and you're not really, you know, being, you know, lovey dovey, you know, showing love and affection because you right. have to, you have to get them ready for the real, real, uh, real world. Right. And so just the ability that it, the opportunity that it presents you to create such a a meaningful relationship with your kid. Um, And I've also seen how it has affected my relationships with my siblings. Um, I have worked and nannied for, for families and the siblings just hate each other. They're just so rude to each other. And people look at my family and they're a little shocked by our family, my family, because we are insanely close as siblings just we we talk we share we explore ideas together uh me and my four uh three other siblings we all dance so we're all dancers and so we share that uh, as well um and so just our relationship as a family you guys are a unit a unit yeah yeah and we just they are my they are my closest friends they are people that i can confide in that i trust and now i have such a strong support system And so that was huge for my mom and homeschool provides you with that opportunity because you get to be with them. You get to grow with them and learn with them and uh, create that relationship with them. So when they go out into the world, when they leave you, you can know with assurance that you have a relationship with them. And if they need you, they'll come back to you. They'll come back to you for help what you're saying right there is very important. Those are fundamental, fundamental values. You know, I, I admire your mom for, for take making those bold choices because, you know, at that moment when you're, you're making those choices, you don't, you don't see it. You see, you see the reflection as the longevity as years pass by, you know, I, I 
I wish I could have grown in that atmosphere. You know, my mom from a young age shipped me off and I grew up with my grandparents in Puerto Rico. And, you know, when it was time for me to move with her, I didn't want to go despite my difficult circumstances uh, growing up right. in Puerto Rico. I didn't want to go with her. You know, I, I, I didn't, you know, until this day, yeah. I'm, I'm 31. I have, I'm married. I have a child. I have my own house. And I, right. I still don't have that camaraderie and that closeness with, mm-hmm. um, with, with my siblings, you know, and, you know, I feel like even though I, I partake with them, I feel like it's, I'm, you know, I feel like a stepchild, mm-hmm. although those, that's my real mom, you know, that's, right. those are my real sisters, my real siblings, and mm-hmm. just that connection is not fair, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And I envy that because I wish I could be closer, to, more closer to them, but also I've gone, you know, just going to so much obstacles. I've gone, you know, I, I feel like I have peace. I've, I made peace and it yeah. is what it is. So, right. you know, like I said before, you know, re, you know, big respect and kudos to your mom. You have an amazing mother. Thank you. Yeah. She's incredible. And it's just, it's amazing that that it provides you with the opportunity and parents, you have such a big, you, ha- you have such a big impact on your kids and what you do and what you show them, you are a part of who they become. Yes. And it's important that you show up, right? And that you uh, you become the example that they can look up to. And and homeschool just provides you with that that one on one, that individualized uh, connection with your kid that you only get for a certain amount of time. Yes. Um, going back to what you stated before, um, I like I said, she did an amazing job because she wanted to be involved in her children's life, you know. If you look at society now, you know, they're by two years old, they're there. Me, in my opinion, I could I'm open to being wrong, but like I feel like parents are just, you know, forcing their child to speak now and to walk and press that fast forward button. Now, you you know, you go to daycares, daycares nowadays are not just somebody who plays and take care of your kids. Now they're teaching and from a very young age, they're, they're just forcing them and then not letting them be children. So, right. you know force them to learn so they go to kindergarten and go to school and by the parents can have that ease i'm working i'm being a provider and but yet you're losing connection you're losing what what makes us human you know yes. and, and that's yeah. connection with one another and as they grow they're, they're teaching their their children you got to make money you have to have a good education make money good education sometimes having money or, or a good education doesn't get you far in life you know, because you're stuck to that and that's all you think about. And right. you, you don't know how to be a parent. You you don't know how to empathize. You don't know how to deal with your feelings. You know, right. they, they, they set this, this, this pinnacle of this is what you have to do, but that's, it's more than that, you yes. know? And yes. I, I feel like you've gotten that good, that good support that you can achieve anything in life. Because you've yes. dealt with your feelings, you've dealt with your emotions, you dealt with uh, the structure of having a family, having a support system. And that's all work, you know, and and that's, I think, you know, people will sit there and say, you're lucky. You're not lucky because, you you know, I bet nobody knows the, the difficult days your mom had dealing with like all five, the crying right? children yeah. going through the mad, yep. <laughs> and that greatness, oh, yeah. that greatness does not build overnight, it builds over time. And yes. that's, and sometimes you need to go through that journey to set a better example. And I think, like I said, I admire your mom. She's. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of parents are worried that they're not going to, they're worried that they can't teach their kids enough. Right. Am I giving my kids enough? Are they learning enough? Are they, are they getting what they need to go and be successful in the world? Um, and that's a, a big objection that I hear a lot of uh, homeschool parents or parents say to homeschooling is like, I just don't know if they're going to get enough, right? And I'll tell you that consistency in the, the subjects that are important that you teach them and consistency in showing them how to love learning is what's the most important. And I'll say that's one of the biggest things that I have gained from my homeschool experience is that I have learned how to love learning. Um, And I feel like a lot of the school system is kind of set up to 
not love learning, right? Because it's all about the test. It's about proving yourself. And if you don't do good on the test, you feel bad and you feel stupid and, and you feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm just, look, my friend got a really good score, but I didn't. Am I just inherently bad? And am I yes. stupid? So a lot of the things is uh, learning is becoming attached to worth. And um, there, if you're not doing good on a test, right, then you're, you're bad at learning. You're, you're bad, that kind of thing. Um, but the thing that my, my homeschooling journey taught me is to love just exploring, to love learning and growing my mind and, and pushing myself and challenging myself. And that in and of itself is going to help me have the most successful life. Because a lot of people that I've talked to, they get out of high school or college and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm never reading another book again. I'm never going to learn anything. I'm done with school. I'm never going to learn ever again. Yes. And it's like, no, like learning is the thing that gets you what you want, Yes. right? You learning and adapting and being very aggressive in taking on responsibility for yourself and exploring the world and figuring out what you like and what you don't like and what you're passionate about. All those things come from your ability to learn and to believe that you can learn anything. And that homeschool can give you that, right? It can help you because it's not focused on the tests, right? It's not focused on all this homework that you have to do, right? It's funny when uh, homeschool parents come to me and they're like, so when do I give my kids homework? I'm like, you'd never give your kids homework. You're doing school at home, yes, right? Yes. They are already doing the homework, <laughs> right? After your three to four hours of school that day, you are done. And they're like, wait, done? Yes, you are done. Let them go play. Let them be kids. Let them explore, right? And I feel that the education system is pushing kids to optimize themselves too early in that you have to know what you're passionate about now, right? Schools are always asking kids, what do you want to be when you grow up or when you get in out of high school, right? They think, oh, you're old enough now. You should be able to know what you're wanting to do. So go to college and do that thing. So then you can make money for the rest of your life and then you'll mm -hmm. be happy and all these things. How are kids supposed to know that? I yeah. am a college dropout. I went to college and I thought- Same here. I went, yeah, I went and I was like, well, everybody's telling me that I have to decide what I want to do. So I'll guess I'll go and do this. And I went and I took uh, the classes I needed to take for that one thing. And I hated those classes. And I was like, wait, this is supposed to th be the thing that I'm passionate about, be mm -hmm. the thing that I'm going to spend the rest of my life doing. And it just wasn't it. And I was like, well, do I not have a passion? Uh, am I broken? All these things. And no, that's not the case. You just need to be able to, instead of narrowing your sights and going, this is what I have to do for the rest of my life, those teenage to early 20 years should be your exploring, right? Because you have the energy to explore, right? Those young kids are so energetic. And so they have the energy to go out and try all the things. So then when it is time for them to optimize their life and optimize what they're going to do with themselves, they can look at all the things that they've tried and they can go, that's the one that I want to do. Yes. That's how I'm going to make an impact because that is the thing that I care the most about. Not because I just looked at it and thought it would be cool, but because I've actually tried it and I've tried all these other things and feel the most about this one. And that is so important. And homeschool gives you, it allows you to prep for that and allows you to push this mentality of explore, be creative, find, try all these things that allows you to work with that mentality in your education. Whereas sending them to public school, you have no control over what they're being taught. They have to get a good grade. They have to uh, turn in all their homework on time. They have to get the concept right now. And so when you put them trying to understand something or how fast they understand something, they connect that to their worth. It's just, it's, it's never good, right? If you connect, okay, if you get this fast, if you understand this fast, then you're good. If you don't understand it fast, then you're bad, right? There's always going to be a time when you don't get it as fast as everybody else. Yeah. And so then you're never going to feel good about yourself. And, and so you're, left, worth, you're, you're left behind. Right. So your worth cannot be connected to 
uh, how fast you get something. It should be connected to your effort. How did I show up today? How, uh, how did, did I work hard at this? Did I stay focused? Those, that's what your worth should be attached to instead of, did I get a good grade? Did I understand it faster than everybody else? And with homeschool, you can help your kids adapt and, and take on that mindset. Yeah, I I had, you know, jumping back uh, where you're saying, I I had a lot of bad experiences in school with teachers who were just careless. Um, how do I say? They, they were just careless. They didn't, you know, yeah, they're, 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 they're students that were more preferable and likable. And you had your students that, like, they just – try to avoid to have any conversation. And if they had a conversation with you was because they had to, you know, I, I, I taught myself how to write um, Spanish and English, Mm -hmm. read and write Spanish and English. That's how the uh, unfulfilling experience I had at school. Uh, And, you know, not to mention, you know, my, my, you know, my parents uh, instability of themselves that weren't um, responsible to provide me an education. So I, I, you know, I believe just going through what my uh, son is going through right now, I think, and just this pandemic homeschooling is not a bad idea. Yeah. You know, um, they try to force everything online, but like if in school, a child is not paying attention, imagine I'm sitting here in front of a laptop and, you're just doing whatever you're doing. I'm sleeping. I'm putting my head down. I'm, it's it's oh, yeah. like, you know, we've, we criticize the school system so much. And now that we're in a pandemic stage, they're like, just F you, you know, now teach your, your, your own kids now. Right. And yep. <laughs> yeah. The examples I've seen so far and not to criticize or judge, but you know, I'm like, oh, we're doing, we're not doing a good job. Right. Yeah, no, I do appreciate like there are some amazing teachers out there and the public school, there are some very good things about the public school. And there are things that um, it, sometimes homeschool just doesn't work for families and that's yes. okay. And I understand that the public school has so much more to deal with, right? They're trying to deal with like classes of 40 kids. That's a lot. Um, and so I can appreciate that. But the thing about um the homeschool is that it allows you to work one-on-one, right? Yes. And, and a lot of kids need one-on-one attention. They need one-on-one time and homeschool provides you with that. It allows you to do that. Um, and so, yes, the public school, there are things that need to be upgraded about it, but I do appreciate their efforts for trying to work with so many kids at one yes. time. But a lot of kids, they, yeah, they need that individualization and homeschool allows you to do that. Did you, did you get like a, a, a diploma certificate or something like graduating from whole school? Like, how does that work? Or did you that, later on transition to, to uh, actual going to actual physical uh, uh, school? Yeah. So there are two ways that you can graduate uh, from homeschool. You can do the accredited way or you can do the non-accredited way. And the non-accredited way is you really do just graduate as a homeschooler. And that's, you don't get a diploma. My older sister never got a diploma. She just graduated as a homeschooler. And, and luckily the colleges are beginning to accept that more. Mm. They're beginning to say, it's okay if you don't have a diploma, you can still, and if you graduate as a homeschooler, you can still get into colleges. So that's nice that that's starting to change. Um, I went the accredited version where I went through an online uh, world school. And so they had where we could get a real diploma as a, as a homeschooler from this specific accredited homeschool high school. And so that's what I did. So I did actually end up getting a diploma, um, but my sister didn't. And there's plenty of people that I've talked to who they didn't get an actual diploma. They graduated as a homeschooler and they put that on their transcript whenever they were looking for colleges. Um, but I went the accredited version way. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Now- when you now you're you do you're a professional ballroom dancer right yes that's something i'm excited um <laughs> was that how how did you get into that like was it like one of those like this is going to be your mom was like this this is your gym session <laughs> you know 
Uh, yeah, so my older sister, we had a cousin who danced on the Brigham Young University uh, ballroom team, um, which was, a, it's a big deal. And so we would always go and watch her, her performances. And my older sister, uh, ballroom is very, they have very sparkly dresses. You wear, you wear very sparkly costumes. And my older sister wanted, loved the sparkly costumes and was like, I want to do it. I want to get into this. And so she started um, and her just being my older sister, I wanted to do whatever my older sister was doing because that was the cool thing to do. I was like, oh, she's doing this. So I got to do that because that's what's that's cool. Um, and so that's kind of how I got into it. My mom wouldn't let me start until I was eight. So she was like, you have to wait until you're eight to start. Um, and so that's how I started into it. And I just started dancing on BYU's uh, elementary team that they had. And so then I got into that. And then I got into the individual side of ballroom where you're just dancing with you and your partner instead of on a team. Um, and uh, I just have loved it ever since. And it's been a part of my life. I think I've been doing it for almost 13 years now. Wow. Do yeah. you do like competition circuits? Like, how is that experience like? Yes. So, uh, there are competitions that we go to. We go to out-of-state competitions, in-state competitions, um, and how they kind of look like is that you have you and your partner, and you. there are four styles in ballroom that you can learn. So there's Latin, there's standard, there's rhythm, and smooth. And the two main styles are, are Latin and standard. And each of those styles has five dances in them. And so if you're doing Latin, you learn the five Latin dances. And then if you're doing standard, you learn the five standard dances. And what you do is you register for the competition and you come with your partner with those five dances and you compete them on the floor with other couples uh, at the same time. And you do those five dances all on the floor. And there's judges that stand around the outside of the floor and the boys wear a number on their back. And so the judges have a list of the numbers and they recall or they circle the numbers that they want to come back. And then that goes to the next round and whoever made it back to the next round gets to dance again. And then it goes all the way until we get to the final, which has six to eight couples in it. And they come and they dance. They dance the same five routines again on the floor and the judges mark them one through six, one through eight, however many couples are on the floor. And then that's how you get placed. And so that's how competitions work. Do they have like a, uh, like a specific like judging pattern like uh because you're saying that they do the same thing like if you miss this one you get a point less point like is that the deal with it yeah so ballroom is very very <laughs> subjective in that the judges they have been coaches before they've been dancers before there's a very uh big process that they have to go through to being able to judge so you have to go through all of these tests to be qualified to judge um, but what happens is that they do it more based off of what they like, what they like to see, what they're looking for, uh, based off of all of their experience. And so when you have six, 12 judges on the floor, you have a whole bunch of different opinions. And so that can make the results very, very, uh, up and down, right? Some, some judge may mark you first in one dance, another judge may mark you six. And so it really just depends on what they see. Um, and they don't have a lot of time to do it. And so the most couples that they can usually stick on the floor at a time uh, during those like first couple of rounds that you do is 16 to 17 couples. And so that's a lot of people because a couple is just wow. two people. And so you're all trying to dance on the floor at the same time. The judges are on the outside. So they have to look and they have to see. And so they only have because uh, usually each dance goes for a minute 30. And so they have like maybe three, five seconds to look at you, mark your number, and then they have to move on because they have to recall so many couples. So usually the MC will be like, recall 12 couples to the next round. And so they have to mark 12 back. Um, and so that's that's kind of how it works. Wow, that's like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're in the competition, does like, do you, is that like intense energy, like, like game on atmosphere? Oh like, yeah, for right, sure. I'm about to win a championship. Just, <laughs> you know, everybody yeah. step up. Let's do it. Like, how is that? Yeah. So the it's definitely a really fun atmosphere. Um, ballroom is very 
it's a very blingy sport in that the girls, when they do their hair, we slick it back. So you can do all these intricate designs, but we hairspray it a ton. So it's like some rules and regulations you have to follow. Um, Yeah, it, it's more just like the general rules of the sport. There's not like specific rules written down. It's just kind of what you do for the sport. So the girls, they, they hairspray their hair, the boys, they hairspray their hair a ton. So it's almost like my hair becomes like a helmet. Almost. It feels like if I could take it off, it would just come yeah. off in one thing because it's so hairsprayed on there because we don't want it moving. We don't want any flyaways, any, any kind of looseness. We want it to be tight and crisp. Um, the makeup is really, really intense. So all of us get spray tans. We do tanning, all these things because we don't want the lights to wash us out on the floor. Mm-hmm. And so the boys get spray tans, the girls get spray tans, and then the girls do insane makeup with the, the fake eyelashes, all the eyeshadow, the lipstick. Um, and then obviously we have the dresses, which are rhinestones and bling and yes, all very this. fashiony, yes, very, very fashiony. Very nice and yeah, get the nails done, do do crazy nail designs, have lots of jewelry and blingy and stuff like that. And even the guys sometimes wear rhinestones and, and things like that. So it's very, it's very blingy and it's very fashionable. And so people who haven't been in the ballroom world who come and see it for the first time, they're like, what is going on? I, I, yeah. I, I saw a couple <laughs> of videos trying to do my research and it's, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, yes. Like it's beautiful. Like very elegant, very, very proper, something that uh, it'll, it'll catches your eye and you'll just stay mes- mesmerized looking at it. Oh so. yeah, for sure. And what's really cool is that we're dancing, you're dancing with somebody else. And yes. so uh, uh, other styles of dance like ballet or, or jazz or hip hop or things like that, those styles are not built with a partner. You mm. can do them with a partner, but they're, they're not built with a partner. Ballroom is built with a partner. Ballroom is done with a partner. And so it's really cool to watch that dynamic, especially in the couples that are very good because you get this, you get the leader, the follower, the masculine, the feminine energy, and it's cool to watch those interactions. Yeah, it's, it's like telling a, a story. Oh yeah, for sure. Move. It's very, uh, it's art, I like it. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's your, like, do you have any training regimen or just practice, 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 you know, tournament comes or, or, or a dance is practice. How, how is that? Yeah. So, um, I practice six days a week and, uh, depending on the week, it's usually between two to three hours a day. Um, and then on top of that, I have two lessons a week. And so I have a lessons with my coach. And there are 45 minute lessons and the coach looks at it, works on the dancing, that kind of thing. So it's not, um, it's not like a team sport where the coach works with you every single day or that it's a planned out thing. Like you schedule lessons with your coach, you get 45 minutes with the coach, depending on uh, how many times you do it. Um, and so I have lessons with my coach and then specifically, uh, for me, this is not for all dancers, but I love to work out. I love to go to the gym. Um, it's something that I just love to do. And so I do a lot of working out. I try and work out, uh, every day. And I usually do that in the morning. So I do weightlifting or I do yoga, cardio, things like that. And then in the nighttime I go and I do my dancing. Um, and so that's kind of how a regular week looks. Um, and then for competitions, usually how we like to prepare the week before is we do these things called rounds and it's where you run all five dances back to back. So it's, you do, um, the, let's say for the five Latin dances, there's cha-cha, samba, rumba, paso, and jive. You do cha-cha for a minute 30. You take a 10 second rest. You do samba for a minute 30. And then you go through all the five dances on the floor at the same time, running those dances, because that's what the comp is going to be like. And around is really, uh, really cardio heavy. It's very cardio heavy. And it's not, it's like a, a different kind of cardio. It's not just like running on the treadmill for 10 minutes or doing jumping jacks or jump rope, right? It's a different kind of cardio because you're using so many muscles. You're using all of your expressions and your performance. So you're trying to bring in emotion to it while also doing something that's very, very physical. On top of that, the girls and the guys were dancing in heels. Yes, so the guys, that's what I'm about to say. Your yeah, so the girls calves, like, <laughs> fire. Yeah. So the girls dance in skinny heels and they can range from uh inch and a half to three inches. Usually we don't want to go above three inches. 
um, but they're usually skinny, skinny heels that we dance in. And then the guys have block heels that are usually an uh, inch and a half. And so we dance in heels on top of all of that. <laughs> wow. That is, wow. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a work yeah. on itself. Yes. How, lo- yes. how long does the, uh, these event last? Because if there's 16 people and they're giving everybody individual evaluations when they're judging, like it, like three, four hours? Yeah, so it really depends on how many people register for the event itself. So sometimes at the really big national competitions, mm-hmm. there will be like 50 to 60 couples that have registered. And so we have to go through and dance. And since you can only stick 16 couples on the floor at a time, right? You're filtering through. And so sometimes events can last from like nine in the morning to like nine at night and you're just going right. And obviously you're not dancing the whole time. You have breaks in between because we call it, you have different heats. So we call it heat. So you have one heat that dances, they go off the floor, the next heat comes on dances and you go through and you do until all the heats have danced cha-cha and then you all the heats start to come back on and they dance samba and you do that all the way through all five Rot- dances. Constantly rotation. Yes, multiple times all the way until you get down to those six couples that make the final. And so it can last for a long time. Like I can imagine when, when the event is over, you're home with some ice on your knees and on <laughs> yeah. your feet, like some yes. serious, some serious that uh, re, you know, you have to take care of yourself because oh you, yeah, for your sure. feet must be swollen. Yes. Wow. Yeah. My feet get very swollen and some of the shoes, how the shoes are designed, uh, you wear different shoes for different styles. So the standard shoes look different than the Latin shoes, but the Latin shoes have straps that come around your toes. And those, when you're in those for a long time, they just mm. kill your feet, trying to pull them off your feet. Yeah, it's, it's exciting, but wow. it's good. <laughs> that is dedication. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow, wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's wow. Must respect to, to all you uh, ball rule dancers. I, well, definitely, thank you. I, I definitely can't do it. <laughs> I have two left feet. It's enjoyable. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, well, Lena, thank you for joining me. I had a great time. Um, we should do this again. Um, yeah. Thank you uh, for everybody listening. Where can we find you at? You know, let, yeah, so <laughs> put every plug in you have for it. Okay. <laughs> um, so you, I have a Facebook group that you can find me on Facebook. It's called Mastering Your Homeschooling and Helping Your Kids Love Learning. If you guys are interested in that, um, I help parents. I help homeschool parents, um, new homeschool parents figure out how to create the homeschool that they want. Um, and so if you're interested in that, it's a free group. You can come and join that. You can find a, a course that I have that can help you through homeschooling at elenazinger.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Elena Zinger, or you can find me on Instagram at Elena Zinger. So, yeah. Well, there you go, guys. Anybody listening, go check her out. Go follow her. Um, if you think about homeschooling your child, you know, join our Facebook group. Uh, thank you. It's been an enjoyable episode. Uh, I had really fun learning. Uh, very cool, educated, interesting conversation. I'm blessed to have you. Thank you so much, Elena. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.